Welcome to the In the News Show. My name is Judy Desigatis, and I'm here with my co-host, Father Bill Weary. How are you today, Father Bill? Very well, thank you. And you, Judy? I'm doing well, thank you. It's nice to see you and on this like- Feast of St. James. Feast of St. James, the greater, that's correct. That's right, that's right. Son um, of Zebedee. Yes, sons of Zebedee, along with his brother John. I'd like right. to thank Joe Aponic for our technical assistance today, as well as David Hillowitz, who always provides our lovely theme music for our show. So let's dig right in. We always have a lot to cover. Um, let's talk a little bit about the German Synodal Way. This is um, some of the leaders there are expressing some quote unquote irritation over Vatican criticism. Okay, so we kind of mentioned this before about what's been going on in Germany and the bishops there, um, but apparently they have received uh, both the clerical and the lay presidents of the Ger- Germany's synodal way have hit back at the Vatican after receiving a surprise note of criticism from Rome, citing their quote-unquote irritation at the lack of synodal quote-unquote communication. And this is coming down from Bishop Georg Botzig, chairman of the German Bishops' Conference overseeing the Synodal Way, and Irma Stetter-Karp, who actually is a pro-abortion co-president of the movement, where they issued a lengthy statement on July 21st. Um, And this has been something that's gone back and forth where, you know, Germany wants to kind of change uh, the bishops and want to change the rules a little bit, especially regarding doctrine and morals, uh, homosexual unions, things like that. So um, the Pope has made some statements about that, saying that um, uh, the Vatican stipulating that the synodal way is not authorized to oblige the bishops and the faithful to adopt new forms of governance and new orientations of doctrine and morals. Mm. Um, so uh, thoughts on this initially, Father? I mean, we've wow. kind of talked about it before, but... Well, I applaud this. I, I'm very happy about this. Um, and uh, to uh, put on the brakes to the synodal, synodal way. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Pope has uh, be, uh, begun a, a synodal process of, of right. um, a, a, a synod, sort of like a uh, mini council is going to take place in a year or two. And uh, this is all preliminary uh, documentation and meetings of, of this. And it's a basically a more consultative. He wants a more consultative, decentralized church. And but uh, Germany's really r- running with this ball downfield, and is doing a lot of uh, regional meetings in Germany that are uh, calling, uh, opening up uh, for debate uh, women's ordination, uh, same-sex marriage, um, and also questioning church's teachings on artificial contraception. And the Pope is expressing. And concerns about this, and rightly so. They're also very free in giving out communion to both non-Catholics and those who are in second marriages without the preceding annulment. I think that's a, that's a big problem, uh, in my estimation, and the Pope has not directly addressed that at all. But I do applaud this initiative on, on the part of the Vatican uh, to express concern about the uh, very out of the box, sort of in a bad way, uh, movements in Germany uh, that uh, certainly are impacting standard traditional doctrine in a very uh, negative way. So I, I think I think it's a good thing. And I, the fact that they push back is uh, is of concern. The German pr- uh, church has pushed back on the Pope uh, on this and, uh, and is objecting 
um, which is to be expected with uh, this this sort of this sort of thing. When people are called out, uh, we don't generally like it. Uh, as with the Old Testament prophets, when the prophets called out Israel on idolatry and um, other other sins, um, the prophets were were also criticized and sometimes killed. But this is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting too when they talk about this synodal way and and this quote unquote communication. Um, and definitely, these are topics that have to be brought up. But I think it's sometimes a spin on words that the communication, quote unquote, or synodal way doesn't necessarily mean that the topics brought up that have that the German bishops are bringing up uh, about these changes that they want to make in the church are necessarily in line with doctrine. So right. um, that will bear more. We need you know conversation about that. So we'll ha- we'll have to see what. Uh, happens, and we will make sure that we include that in our prayers as we continue to you know, move, move forward. There is uh, also another change that the Pope has made. He has made a change to Opus Dei, basically saying that a bishop can no longer lead it. Um, so he has issued, and pardon my, my Latin, I'm, I'm doing my best to do this, a motto proprio, yes. stipulating oh. that the personal oh. prelature of Opus Dei will no longer be led by a bishop, and he's quoting, saying, a form of government based more on charism than on hierarchical authority is needed. So um, this is going to, you know, change some uh, looks of, of how Opus Dei is, is going to be conducted. What are your initial thoughts about something like this? Well, my reading of it is it, it still continues to be a personal prelature, which is a sort of like um, cross between its own diocese and its own religious order. And... Uh, that, that made a special sense when it was led by a bishop, but that's now long, no longer going to be. Mm-hmm. It will be led by a, a monsignor. It no longer is under the dicastery for bishops, but under the dicastery for clergy. Right. And um, it does seem to be a, a demotion, but Opus Dei is, is saying, and other supporters of Opus Dei are saying that it is, it is not. Um, in any case... Uh, we, this is related to Predicate Evangelium, mm-hmm. which is a papal decree reforming the Curia, and it, come, and it comes under that. Um, and this particular one dealing with Opus Dei is Ad Charisma Tuendum, uh, that ordered this uh, no longer to be led by a, uh, by a bishop. Of course, it was founded by St. Jose Maria um, Escriva de Balaguer, uh, canonized saint who might be rolling in his grave right now. I don't know. Right. Nevertheless, uh, it, it has a great pedigree, if I could put it that way, the, the uh, Opus Dei does. It's a worldwide uh, Catholic organization, no, in the past known for its orthodoxy, but now uh, there, there's been some uh, Opus Dei uh, clerics, one of whom has come out in, in favor of, of gay marriage, an Opus Dei bishop. And um, so it, it's kind of um, maybe departing from its original charism. Mm-hmm. Uh, of orthodoxy, well, I'm not sure, uh, but um, it, it will continue. Uh, Opus Dei is going to continue as, as, the organ- as the organization it is, except for its, its top leadership, which will no longer be from the episcopate. This type of, of Opus Dei going through more changes, and as you said, uh, you know, some of the people that are involved are uh, in in favor of same-sex unions, things like that. And then you mentioned last uh, time when we had our show about Father Jesus Mary that had been expelled. So Jose Maria, Father yeah, Jesus Maria, right, a from, state priest from Ivory Coast, right, who uh, wrote a letter to the Pope expressing concern about his, certain of his doctrinal 
mm -hmm. uh, positions, mm -hmm. uh, the pro-LGBTQ statements that he's made and uh, that sort of thing. And I think the communion issue as well was mentioned. I read the, I read the letter. I don't recall all the details, but the Pope took umbrage at that letter and, and ordered Opus Dei to suspend him. And that order went through, suspended from active ministry, sort of, in a, in a sense, defrocked. Right. Uh, very, very much so. So that, that, that is of grave concern as well. So we'll have to see how exactly how this plays out. While we're on the topic of the Vatican, uh, some notes here that the Vatican is changing its investment policies. Yes. And I know that's something that you did some research on, if you'd like to share that with us, Father. Uh, well, this is from Fox News. Uh, the Holy See will no longer allow church funds to be invested in industries such as defense or weapons de development or stem cell research. Mm -hmm. uh, it will revise its portfolios to ensure no funds connected to those things will be um, uh, will come from those uh, industries uh, that violates its views on pro-life ethics and on peace and on human dignity. So, um, Yes, uh, the quote here from the Vatican, uh, quote, the new investment policy aims to ensure that investments are aimed at contributing to a more just and sustainable world, protecting the real value uh, of the Holy See's net worth, generating a sufficient return to contribute uh, sustainably the financing of its activities, uh, and but in a way that uh, are aligned with the teachings of the, of the Catholic Church with ex ex specific exclusions of financial investments that contradict its fundamental principles, such as sanctity of life or the dignity of the human being or, or the common good. Right. right. Unquote. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really incumbent upon every Catholic to examine his or her portfolio, if, if you have one, an investment portfolio, that the, and I've done that a little bit myself, maybe not to a sufficient degree to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm not supporting uh, immorality in any way or uh, supporting abortion in, inadvertently. It's hard to track. It is very hard yes, to track. Yes, it is. <laughs> mutual funds and, yes. you know, it's an it's a octopus of, uh, uh, you know, multivariant uh, investments um, um, that, are, that are very, and I'm, I'm not a financial type, and I depend upon my investment advisor to ensure that my portfolio is moral, uh, but the Vatican is doing this, and I think it's a very... It's a very good thing. Uh, the church's investments will now be overseen by an investment committee that will bear final responsibility for research and consult consultation into productive investment fields. Cardinal Kevin Farrell of the United States is chair of the committee. So um, I think that's, a, that's also a good thing. It's part of the Pope's reform of the Roman Curia. Yeah, it's, I think it's always a good idea, like you said, Father, to look at uh, our portfolios if someone has a financial planner to just take a look. And some of those things can be hidden in there, but there are so many companies now um, that have uh, succumbed to the, the agenda of not pro-life and, and promoting things that are not supported by the Catholic Church. So it's definitely worth a look-see. Um, so with that, we're going to go to break. But we'll be back. Um, you're listening to 720 WHYF Holy Family Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to In the News. Um, We're back now after our break. And another item of note is some information about the Diocese of Green Bay. Um, They have issued a policy against transgenderism. Uh, Students will be addressed by their proper pronoun and will use uh, bathrooms corresponding to their birth gender. Um, Father, what what do you have to share on this? I know this is something that you were um, put up for discussion. Well, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Okay. Uh, this is going to happen around uh, the United States mm-hmm. in Catholic schools, including our own diocese. It's almost inevitable in Green Bay, Wisconsin is preemptively uh, addressing this. These policies will be implemented in uh, September. Uh, a quote from the uh, document that issued by the diocese Quote, the church teaches that our identities as male and female are part of God's good design and creation, that our bodies and sexual identities are gifts from God, and that we should accept and care for our bodies as they were created, unquote. Um, So facilities like uh, restrooms and locker rooms on diocesan or parish property will, uh, will be designated by the sex assigned by birth rather than by gender identity. And um, the change is made to the Diocese Education Policy Manual for the upcoming school year will impact 54 Catholic schools in the diocese, an estimated 9,000 students and 12,000 CCD children, religious education children. Mm -hmm. And went on to say that a a student diagnosed with gender dysphoria may still be granted admission as long as that student and the parents comply with with the policies. So it's a, certainly a, a paradigm of example for, for others. I'm not aware that there's any initiative in, in our diocese along these lines, but maybe there, maybe there should be. And I've long said um, that things like, even things like, um, seems like milder stuff, but uh, cohabitation you know, on part of faculty or same-sex uh, marriages on the part of faculty uh, have to be addressed, it has to be very clear in our in our policy manuals as well, that could be grounds for dismissal. So um, th- that's uh, that's something we have to look at, and we, and we have to be prepared for brace ourselves for the onslaught of, of criticism. Right. There's always going to be criticism around that, especially. But there's been so much controversy even with the Catholic schools because we've talked on this show about the Catholic schools. Some were fu- were flying pride flags during June and things like that. So, you know, again, there's this relativism. It's like what's happening in one diocese might not happen in another diocese, but I'm glad to see that the Diocese of Green Bay has taken a precedent to say it needs to be the the sex assigned at birth. Um, now, the that's big really... thing is also added to all that now is is, is picketing, vandalism, right. uh, church property being right. um, attacked, and of course, pastors and bishops and uh, all, uh, Catholic leaders are concerned about that uh, as well, and it tends to mute the message. Uh, it's, a, it's a type of censorship. Right. So we have to really ask ourselves, do we want to give into that? Certainly, we want to be good stewards of our property and of our people as well, uh, because uh, you know people will stay away from church or stay away from school if there's threats of uh, phys- physical violence. Yeah. Um, and that that has to be that has to be considered as well. But you know the the uh, prevalent issue here is the conveyance of the of the truth and standing firm on that right and that's something that we always have to be willing to share is the truth even exactly. though we know we're going to be subject to persecution 
So kind of staying on that same topic, um, we want to address a little bit about this same-sex quote-unquote marriage bill. Uh, This is something um, they were codifying recognition of same-sex marriage, quote-unquote, for the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, It would also force the federal government to recognize polygamy if and when a state legalizes it. So a lot of this is all in response to, once again, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and, you know, looking at so many other uh, things that are relative to marriage and to uh, abortion and uh, sex and things like that. For years, it was the longstanding Defense of Marriage Act, and now they're spinning it as a Respect for Marriage Act. So it's not looking like it's something that would be negative. They're trying to say, well, we have to respect all marriages. And I'm looking at an article here from LifeSite News where marriage is in quotes. So that would be marriage between uh, two men, two women, two individuals, whoever they might be, without regard to the sex, race, ethnicity, national origin of those individuals. Um, so they're saying that uh, this, this bill, H.R. 8404, saying that the two individuals applies to the states, not to the federal government, but it also would have to say, well, the federal government would then have to recognize any new marriage arrangement that a state could come up with, such as a marriage of more than two people. And I think this is interesting. I just want to stop here for a minute is because when Roe v. Wade was overturned and it said it went back to the states, everybody that supported Roe v. Wade was screaming about, oh, oh, you know, and we're trying to say, but it goes back to the states. So there are states that are going to be able to still people can get abortions. Now they're looking at this and they're saying, well, these states now are going to have to recognize any new marriage arrangement that any state comes up with. So if in, you know, in Utah or some other state says that they want to grant legal recognition to a polygamous marriage, then that Mm -hmm. would be okay in that state. So where do we stand? Well, it's another you know, deterioration of, of society, a departure yeah. from natural moral law, which is, you know, the basic uh, uh, sense, moral common sense that people have had throughout the centuries around the world um, that is uh, that, that can be violated and contradicted, as did the Aztecs with human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not an automatic thing. But nevertheless, there was a consensus uh, on these kind of uh, moral issues up until Recently, I, I say I name the 1960s as the watershed decade where, where the deterioration really began. And here we go now. Mm-hmm. We're really spiraling down in into the, the bottom of the sink. And here it's our own legislatures and that are trying to push this, trying to do an end run around the court and or, or around uh, the uh, traditional values. Uh, in order to uh, aid and abet the, the woke culture. And right. um, so all I can hope is that this is voted down. And you're right, it, it can spin out of control into polygamy and other just um, wild unions that uh, we're going to wind up just being accepted by society. And it reminds me of uh, uh, the um, mayor candidate of a borough of, of London, Maureen Martin, uh, recently. Uh, she's running, running for mayor. Of, of a London borough, as I said, and she has been fired from her job in the housing authority in England uh, because she came out with a, a statement upholding traditional marriage in her platform. And uh, so uh, there, there's another example. Mm-hmm. And she says, it is disturbing how Christian beliefs on marriage, which have been held expressed for thousands of years, have been held and expressed for thousands of years, are being silenced and treated with hostility and disdain. 
and she's uh, filed a lawsuit uh, in, against the housing authority that was her, her employer. This is in England. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Um, we are on the battle lines of those of us who are espousing believers, espousing traditional values. We're, we are on the front lines, and we have to uh, hold the uh, hold the line and and make sure that we convey those that, that truth that the world needs to hear. Yeah, that that's sad to think that that woman has to go through that, and it's the truth, yeah. and it's something that has been from the very beginning of creation. You know, we are created male and female, and that complementarity. It just God knew what He was doing. That just makes sense. And now we've just taken all these hybrids, like you said, Father, like versions of marriage that are not really between one man and one woman. It's just sort of like a mishmash, a hybrid, maybe a little here and a little there. And and they want to co codify this and make every all these laws around it. And the, the person that supports are people like us that go proportionally toward the uh, traditional are the ones getting the persecution. This is just something that, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have to pray on and we know, we know it's coming. So um, I just want to mention a little bit on Pope Francis's, he's in Canada and um, he's meeting with uh, a lot of the indigenous peoples and he is to um, be at the Sacred Heart Church of the First Peoples in Edmonton. Oh. And uh, there's a little talk about this cultural ritual called a smudging ceremony, which is common among the native Canadian tribes. And it's considered a ritual of purification. It's it's supposed to take place at this church. Um, may have already taken place already because says the ritual will be part of the papal visit to the native tribes on Monday, July 25th. And so this date of the recording, that's today. Um, it has been coordinated by Father Cristino Bovet, the priest of the Archdiocese of uh, Calgary, Alberta, and Monsignor Diego Giovanni Ravelli, the papal minister of liturgical ceremonies. Now, there was at one time at the Vatican back in October of 2019 where Pope Francis received a Pachamama statue mm -hmm. um, from some, uh, some of the indigenous peoples that were visiting at the time. This is just, you know, once a, one of those things that you kind of have to really read into because under the guise of tradition, these are uh, beliefs in Mother Earth, more spiritual rather than religious. Mm -hmm. And so we always want to make sure that Christ and the father are included in these sacramentals, but they're being kind of spinned as if this is something that is approved by Catholicism, these traditions, uh, these rituals, and even the wording, you know, it's honoring Mother Earth or Pachamama and, and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with honoring the earth, the right. father sky and the sun and the moon and all of that that has been created by God, but they're not mentioning anything about God in these blessings. And the Pachamama, that uh, several years ago, I mean, they were forming a circle around her in the Vatican Gardens, and right. they were bowing, right. bowing uh, to the statue. Right. And that is, uh, I, you know, it seems to be a idolatry to me, at least flirting with it, if not crossing the line. We know, we all know what the Bible, especially the Old Testament, says about idolatry and worship of false gods. Mm -hmm. God, with the the prophets prompted by God, would inveigh and ex against that that sort of thing, and would uh, just absolutely uh, just excoriate it. And so we, we have to be very careful of not offending God in, in these matters. The ritual purification, or smudging as it's called, mm -hmm. is a ritual in which Mother Earth is prayed to as a kind of pantheistic deity, or so it seems. Right. So right. That's, um, I hope voices will uh, arise to put a stop to that.
Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to find out more about that because it's probably has taken place already or will be taking place today. So there'll probably be future articles and for future shows to talk about that and right. see what will happen, um, what what he did do or what he didn't do. Um, but we always have to be conscious of that. The focus is, you know, we honor the earth and everything, but we honor the God and, and Christ who, right. you know, made the earth, not Father, just Son, the, the earth Spirit. itself. Right. Blessed Trinity. Yeah. Amen to that. So with that, that's all we've got for today. So, Father, please give us a blessing as we go on our way. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father. Mm -hmm.